Hey guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. We're going to be talking about the naked truth about marriage. Now, let's be real clear. We cannot give you the full naked truth about marriage in one sermon, in one Sunday, in this sermon series, okay? But we're going to share a little bit about what we've learned. And there's no shame in our game, and there's no shame in your game if you've been to counseling. We have been to counseling. Um, I agreed to go to counseling a few years ago and... Um, against his will. Against my will. I didn't really want to go. So when we get there, first of all, before we go, she tells me it's with Dr. Phil. That was really his name, Dr. Phil. I thought we were getting ready to go to a show or something. <laughs> so we drive out to his house and we get out of it in his driveway. We walk into his house and here is a gentleman that meets us and he is probably hippies from the 60s. He's got a little bandana on. He's got his hair back in a ponytail. And we walk into this bedroom and... Oh, that was his office. That was his office. <laughs> Two seats in there and there was Star Wars everywhere. There was just weird stuff to me. And I was looking at her and I was like, what in the world have you done? This, play, this is not the counseling that I thought we were going to. But let me just tell you, we sat there and... He didn't take my side. He didn't take her side. He made us both cry. Sometimes that's good in counseling. You have to have that outlet. Mm -hmm. But that's what counseling is all about. Not just not getting someone to take your side or their side. But he was very fair. But again, it scared, kind of scared me when I walk into that bedroom. Yeah. And we talked about it. Well, we're still talking about it. Um, <laughs> But you guys, marriage is a covenant between God and each other. And when we look at it from that perspective, instead of it as a contract, it will change your perspective. It makes you not want to give up so easily because now it's not just something we can go to the courthouse and just get dissolved, but it's really, we've asked God to be in the center. Listen to what it says in Matthew 19. It says, haven't you read the scriptures? Jesus replied, the record, they record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united as one. The title of our message today or our talk today is The Truth About Marriage. And today we want to share seven patterns in couples who made it. Can you say made it? Who wants to make it today? Come on, yes. Well, look at number one. It's pretty interesting. The first one is they fought. Now, I know none of you all do that, no, <laughs> right? Well, we do. Because we get on each other's nerves all the time. She really gets on my nerves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you see, God has made us all different. We don't process things the same. We don't do things the same. And it's okay. 
But sometimes it causes us to get frustrated with one another. And sometimes we argue or disagree a little bit. But two weeks ago, we went to pastor's conference at VU. And we went to the uh, breakout session called Leading Together. We're both pretty strong people. And sometimes we have a hard time leading together. So we were like, yeah, sign us up. And he was like, well, do you want to go to one? And I go to one. And I was like, no, because you don't take notes. So we both need to go to this one. (laughs) But something that those pastors that lead together said that really stuck out to me was they fought. They didn't agree on everything. And it was okay to disagree and to disagree in front of people. Because sometimes I'm like, will you quit arguing with me in front of people? I got to get it out say, right now. Yeah. 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 But um, what they said is when you are real in front of other people, it shows people that you can be committed and you know how to work through conflict. Shows that we're human, too. And we're yeah, human. For sure. I remember early in our marriage, and I, we did this, number one, very well. When you get two really? passionate people together and argue, come on, somebody, an, argue can, an argument can escalate so fast. Can I, can I get an amen on that? You start out talking about something, all of a sudden you're on level 10. It doesn't take me long to get to level 10, but it can go fast. And we didn't fight fair. Most of the time, at least I didn't, but you know how women are. They never forget anything. 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 You remember back in 92? No, no, I don't remember that. But, but Ephesians 4.26 says this. It says, don't sin by letting anger control you. I used to be very angry. I I'm, I'm, I'm got delivered out of a lot of still working on it. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger give host, gives a foothold to the devil. Man, I blew that one out of the water so many times. I can't tell you the times that, you know, when you've got two stubborn people, two stubborn people, and I gotta admit, I'm a little more stubborn than her. It took me a long time to figure that one out, but I am a little more stubborn. And sometimes going to bed angry, it happened quite a bit when we first got married. I mean, we went a couple three of weeks. weeks. No, nope, She says it was three, three, it was only two, but... We went like, we went two or three weeks, I'll give her the oar, and uh, without really talking to each other. I mean, we would say what we had to say. We would uh, converse to say, hey, we're getting in the car, we're going there, we're doing this. And, but it was really not talking, and that's just way, way too long. I let, I let the anger go down in my, <laughs> in my sleep many times. Yes, but you guys, you have to learn to fight fair. When we sit down with couples, we're constantly saying, it's okay to have disagreements. It is. We're two different people. But you've got to learn to do it right. You've got to learn to communicate. You've got to learn to navigate conflict and then resolve that conflict and move forward. Have code words. Tone. Tone. That is one of our code words. Because we're both passionate people, right? We talk passionately. Whether we're excited or we're angry or whatever. And um, so that is our way to call each other out with getting into a fight. 
So if I'm raising my voice and getting too passionate, he'll say tone and vice versa. And uh, I'll tell you, it avoids a fight a lot of times. So this Friday, we shared with our marriage crew Friday night. The internet had gone down from Thursday night into Friday morning. And he was like, well, they usually send me an email when the internet goes out. And I said, well, that's dumb. She called me dumb. And he got so defensive. And he started going, well, I'm not dumb. And, and just piping off to me. And I'm like, don't listen. He was already like that video preparing his next thought, but he wasn't hearing what I was saying. You know what I mean? Um, and so you've got to have those code words so that you can catch each other in the midst of something. Because what happened is, is she said tone, and my tone went way higher. Then all of a sudden, her tone went to the next tone that you can get. And before too long, we had two tones going crazy that morning over something that was stupid because I didn't hear what didn't she was saying. I didn't listen. I yeah. didn't listen yeah. to what she was saying. Yeah. And so when you have those code words and you use them, it helps you to avoid a fight escalating or even greater conflicts. That's what we didn't do well in the beginning of our marriage. I would say something, it would rub him the wrong way, and he would say something back until we were both screaming over each other, not even listening to one another. And he, believe it or not, has a bigger mouth than I do. So I, there was no. one day we were driving in the car, and I was just like, <gasps> and another day, I hauled off and hit him and smacked me in the like, face. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I quickly repented for that. I didn't forgive her right away though. <laughs> so you have to know your code words. This have, did you all have code words? It, it can't be shut up. I know the people we've done pre-marriage counseling with have Code Seriously, words. do y'all have any code words in your relationships? I mean, where, you, where when it, where something's happening. Okay, what's the code word? Back up. Back up. That's a good one. Okay, anybody else got a code word? Go home. Love that. Oh, that's a good one. Love that. The second thing you need to do in this is you have to know how each person processes. Like, have you been in an argument and it continues to escalate and continues to escalate? And with us, I want to deal with it right now. Let's confront it. Let's squash it. Let's move on. Well, old boy over here doesn't like to do that. He needs to get away from me a minute. Most men do. So that he can process and he can then come back. And it used to make me so mad. Like, no, let's deal with it. But what ended up, stop. But it would make me mad. But then when I realized when he didn't take the time to process that our arguments were much worse than when I would give him that time, I started to give him that time. Yes, I did, y'all have heard this story before, but I did try to lock the door one day. 
That was not a good idea. Bobby had to come out and fix the door. He didn't never know what happened to it, just had a hole in it, and it was off the hinges. But uh, I needed time to process, but you, I couldn't process through a locked door. When she said, hey, open the door, and I said, no. She said, no, I'm letting you know right now you need to open you the door. You better open the door. And I didn't listen to her. And by the hair of her chinny chin chin, <laughs> she huffed and puffed and blew that door right in. She kicked it. Yeah, that was good. And the reason that I like to process or to deal with it right away instead of process it was because of something that happened in my past. And I did, I, I always wanted him to stay on the premises. You see, about, gosh, I don't even know how many years ago, in the teens, I was married to somebody that we were in a fight. And instead of just going into the other room and processing, he left. And I was like, I was with Pastor Rich with shutting the door. I climbed up on the running board. I was like, no, you are not leaving. We're going to deal with this. And he hit the gas. And my foot got sucked under the front tire. And it crushed my foot. And so for two years, I was having surgeries on crutches and um, just really struggled. And so when he tried to leave the one time, I was like, you cannot do that. You cannot because it triggers me. It takes me back to a moment. Do you all have some triggers that if something happens, it reminds you of something else? And so we had never communicated about that, right? We, he had never really knew the why behind the what. That's why communication is so important. I remember going out to the driveway, getting in the car, and her saying, you better not leave the property. <laughs> there was some, their head spun around a couple of times, some horns came out, but I didn't understand that until, until, she, feel, still, until she told me, hey, this is why I don't want you to leave. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. You also have to compromise. And compromise is not you getting your way or them getting their way. It's talking about it and coming up with something that will work for both of you. Sometimes he gets his way more times than not. And sometimes I get my way more times than not. (laughs) But... There have been times that we have to sit down and we have to go, okay, you aren't getting your way. I'm not getting my way. But what would work where we both feel like we're winning? And you can't be selfish. Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. That means your spouse not just everybody else, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. I love the way the Passion Translation said it. It says, be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic 
authentic, everybody say authentic. Authentic. Authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to the others instead of your own interests. Is, is anyone in here selfish? Will you admit it? Hey, I got some, y'all, there's some breakthrough going to happen today in the name of Jesus. But um, I tend to be a little selfish, and I didn't really realize it. And Colby was in town this past, uh, over the holidays, yes. And so we were going to go out to eat. We were going to, y'all, y'all know I love a nap on Sunday afternoon. Come on, Kenny. Naps are from Jesus. It was Saturday. Was it Saturday? Saturday naps are even better than Sunday naps. Come on. Everyday naps are better for him. Hey, 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 we're not. Uh, anyway, uh, so I said, yeah, we'll go out to eat. But so after they went out to eat, yeah, my belly was full. And I was like, okay, so we'll, let's go over here to this shopping mall. And well, not, it wasn't a mall, but we're going to go to Costco. We're going to go to Costco. I go to Costco at least once or twice a week. I did not want to go to Costco. And then they wanted to go over here to this little thing and do this little thing. And I acted like a little crybaby. Didn't I? He got I his did. way. I, no, I didn't. Yeah, I did. Yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah, I did. We did come home. I did get my nap. But after that, you know, it was a couple of days later, we were into it. And she said, you know what? You were pretty selfish. And all of a sudden, man, there went my radar and my wall. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm not selfish. And she told me the story. And after I got to thinking about it, you know, here, he's not in town very often. Here, I could have died to my flesh and not had my nap that day, but I acted like a little selfish crybaby that whole day because I didn't want to go do anything they wanted to do. I thought, that's stupid. Who wants to go do that? Who wants Costco? You can go to Costco anytime. But I did realize after she brought it to my attention, hey, guys, isn't it great for a wife to bring it to your attention, that she brought it to my attention, and I realized that I was being selfish, even if it was small things, I was being selfish. The second pattern that people, uh, of people that made it is they had boundaries with their families. Genesis 2.24 says, For this reason a man leaves his father and his mother to be unselfishly, unselfishly attached to his wife. They become one flesh as a new family. Couples must put their relationship first. And you have to have clear boundaries with the in-laws. I was watching um, a pastor's message last night, and it was actually just a short on Instagram. And he said that in-laws lead to divorce more than anything else. I was like, I was shocked. I thought it was money. I thought it was lack of communication. No, it was 42% because of in-laws. So you have to put your new family first. You can't make your decisions on what your family used to do or wants you to do. No, you have to make those decisions together. Um, We... And what y'all know, we have grown kids. And so we have made a decision to take the high road when it comes to holidays. Like, 
doesn't matter when we do it as long as we're getting together, right? So it doesn't have to be on Christmas, on Christmas Eve, on Thanksgiving. As long as you feed me, I don't care if it's three Saturdays before Christmas. It doesn't matter to me. But we do that for two things. So that they could start their own traditions with their own family. And second of all, we want to honor their boundaries, you know? Um, so it's my turn. Um, whatever you do, listen to me. Never, 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 never. I had it four times. Vent to your family about your spouse. So uh, a couple times early in our marriage, um, I took a drive down to my dad's house. He lives two and a half hours away. Uh, took a drive down there to get away from her. And it was, uh, I remember talking to my dad. My dad's pretty, he's just a casual dude, whatever. But I remember talking to my dad and venting to my dad for like a day and a half about what, did, what kind of woman did God give me? And I, but what it did is it caused a, a bit of a divide because my, my family, my sisters and the people started treating her differently. They started looking at her differently. So... I made a mistake of going down and saying some things to my dad that I probably shouldn't have said. No, that I shouldn't have said. But it was just one of those things I was kind of, I was very immature about it. And it did make a difference in the relationship with my family. Here's the deal. This is a little cliche that you've probably all heard, but blood is thicker than come water. On, come on. You will forgive your spouse. You will move on and you'll be lovey-dovey in love again. But they're not going to remember that. They're not going to have the same grace for your spouse that you have. So it's really difficult for them to see them in a different light after you have just raked them over the coals to them. Number three, you have to learn each other. Anybody mm. been married five years or more? Ten years or more? 15 years or more, almost 15. Okay, so you've, you now, I heard something the other day that kind of shocked me. It said it takes a marriage 15 years before you fully fall in love. I was like, I couldn't believe that because all that time you're learning, you're going through, you're, you're just processing each other. And, and this guy said, it said 15 to 25 years is when you develop a true love for your spouse. And I thought that was crazy. But as you know, I like to be funny or I think I am. That's the operative word. He thinks. No, he's funny sometimes. I do like to joke around sometimes way too much and I have to reel it in sometimes. But I remember a time that we first got married and I would try to joke on her and I would get one. He didn't try. He did joke I on did. Me. I full-fledged did it. It was great. But I got one or of two reactions. She would either be extremely mad at me and I'm talking, I had the, the, the face, the emoji of like, ah! And I remember preaching one Sunday and her sitting on the front row giving me the death stare. Looking at me and going, you are the biggest hypocrite. How could you be standing up there preaching after the fight? Anybody get in a fight on Sunday? Come on, y'all. Nobody gets in a fight on Sunday. Come, okay. 
We, we, we would get in some knockdown, drag out fights sometimes on Sunday, and then I'd be getting a death stare. Uh, yeah, you're not living your life right. You're, you need to be up here repenting right now. But I remember telling the jokes, and I would get that. She would either give me this look or like, like I'm going to kill you when we get home. Or, I would, or the other reaction was I would joke, and all of a sudden she'd bust into crying. I'd be like, what in the world? I was just kidding. Why, why are you crying? But she would remember, she would remind me that there's truth behind every joke. Y'all agree with that? I don't agree with it either, but she said it, so I'm going to write it down. But, you know, it took us getting to over years and years, and I had to understand. Here's what I had to understand. I had to understand the pain. I had to understand the hurtful words that had been spoken over her from her childhood. And I literally had to watch what I said. There would be times, man, like the, up on that screen, I had my next comeback. And I'd be like, should I just reel this one in? I did finally, I did finally learn how to reel it in. But now she's gone through a lot of healing, a lot of restoration from her past. And she can actually take a joke pretty good. Now she, now she laughs at me. and Or roll my eyes. Yeah, sometimes I roll my eyes. She does roll her eyes quite often. <laughs> and she says, well, now we're getting ahead of ourselves. Now she laughs most of the times. But, but most of the time she looks at me and says, you're dumb. So when Liam came in the other day, he gave me a valentine. And he gave it to a, me too. He gave it to selfish. both of us. I'm going to eat both of them just for that. But he gave them to us, and I thought, how fitting would that be? This is a dumb, dumb sucker, and she calls me dumb all the time. But, one, hey, listen, once I learned to watch what I said, she thought I was funny a lot more. We go, well, we're going to, I'm not going to ahead of myself. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. They let each other be, number four, sorry, they let each other be themselves. We celebrated each other's differences. When we first got married, well, honestly, we were competing with each other. Mm -hmm. Can I just let y'all know, if you haven't figured it out, I married me a strong woman. Can I get an amen on that one? Anybody got a strong woman by your side? Anybody want to smack your strong woman every once in a while? Come on, Bruce, he I know. He really does not ever smack me. I don't smack you. You smacked me, but I didn't smack you. One time. Just once. Um, but when we got married, we were competing because she's a strong woman. And I was very intimidated with that because you know what, man, we're supposed to be in, in charge, right? We're supposed to take it. Woman, you need to submit. But I overstepped. And what I did is I tried to, I tried to, to do things that I wasn't really capable of and I failed at it. And you know what I did? I allowed pride to come in and say, you know what, I'm going to do this better. But can I just tell you, Pastor Mindy is an exceptional leader. I'm, come on. She's an exceptional leader. That's why she leads culture, because you don't want me to lead your culture. She's an exceptional leader. She can, she can do things that I did not have the strength or the capacity. I'm learning because she's taught me a lot of things. But in the first, when we were first married, I didn't want to receive that. I was like, nope, we're going to do it my way or the highway, and even though her way was better. And I compared myself to him. He had all this Bible knowledge. He was a great preacher. But the Lord had called us to both preach, had called us to lead together, and we ended up comparing each other's strengths with the other's weaknesses, and it just caused us not to be on the same page. Um, in the beginning, I mean, 
poor guy. Because he had those gifts, I would say, I need you to help me write my message. And he would sit down and be patient with me, help me write it, tell me where it was in the Bible. I knew the word, and, I, and I'm still this way today. I know the word. I quote the word all the time. But don't ask me where it is. That's what Google is for. <laughs> but, uh, and up until about 12-ish months ago, maybe not even that long ago, I would preach my message to him three times a week. And he was just so patient with me. Plus, then we preach it to preaching meeting. And he'd go, well, you're going to do it on Thursday. And I'm it's like, like, I don't need, I need to be help. in this meeting. I need, you to do, I need you to listen to me. And I loved how patient he was with me. And when we started celebrating our differences yeah. instead of comparing, our marriage got better. say you must heart to champion here she still had a part there you got to read proverbs oh sorry <laughs> i love these swivel chairs aren't they awesome i'm y'all are getting some of my attention over i usually preach to this side or this side most of the time go ahead but one thing that like when we were in that time it was hard for us to celebrate each other. Yeah. It was hard to celebrate the differences. And sometimes it's hard when he, as the man of the house, the leader of the house, does not lead the way God designed. And sometimes it's hard for him when I don't submit the way that I'm supposed to. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it says in Proverbs 21.9, it is better. 18.22, uh, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Proverbs also said it's better to live alone in a corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife. Thank God for Proverbs, right? The Bible also tells us that wives, and in all seriousness, yeah. wives, we are to submit to our husband, even when we don't agree with them. Doesn't mean you can sh not share your feelings or your thoughts or any of that, but ultimately, they get to make the decisions. And there have been many times, I'll tell you, when the Lord called us to plant this church, I told him, I was like, hey, um, it's time to go. It's time to do what God's called us to do. And he was like, God didn't tell me. Because I was comfortable. And for one year, we fought, but I submitted. Mm -hmm. I knew what the Lord had said. But God hadn't told him, so I had to submit what I knew God was telling us to do until God spoke to him. And sometimes God was telling me to do something because I, I'm oh, going to be honest. you heard it. I'm going to be uh -huh. honest. I was comfortable, and I, want, I didn't want to move, and she would hear things. And I will, I'm going to give her all the credit in the world. There's times when she's heard from the Lord, 
and I didn't listen. This was one of them, and it caused a, a lot of problems in our marriage. It caused a lot of problems with us, but now I'm starting to listen to the voice that God puts in this pretty head because sometimes it's way, way better than what I wanna do. But the Bible also says, husbands, this means love your wife just as Christ loved the church. I used to get that one quoted to me three times a week. You're supposed to love me like Christ loved the church. And pastor. I look, and I would look, yeah, pastor, she'd do that and give me that evil look and I'd say, I ain't Jesus. I'm gonna love you like Rich, but I ain't loving you like Jesus. And honestly, that was his comeback and he yeah. meant it. Well, I'm not Jesus. And I'm like, that's an excuse. Yeah. You've got to lead and love the way God's asked us to. And 1 Corinthians 13 says this, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. Come on, women. <laughs> It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Listen, if you ever want to just something, something, you just need to read that over, over your marriage, so probably once a week, and remember all of these things. And you know, one of the things I heard a long time ago is replace the word love with your name or your spouse's name. Rich is patient. Rich is Mindy patient is and kind. <laughs> Rich is not jealous or boastful or yeah, proud. But when you do that, it puts things back into perspective. The fifth thing that people that made it did is they had been through really dark times. Have any of you been through some dark times? Be honest. Have you ever been at a crossroads? Have you ever gotten to the point where you heard him say it, this woman you gave me, ugh. Uh, but have you ever had second thoughts? Like, Lord, you did not. You, you, I know you didn't give me this man. this man to love me like this. But look at you, those of you that have been through hard times, and look at us. We're still together. We're still working it out. We're still working it through. But when you go through hard stuff that shakes your trust in the person or the relationship or both, you have a choice. You can either give up mm -hmm. and move on, but I promise whatever it is that you need to go through, you're gonna have to go around that mountain again. Around that mountain again, around that mountain again until you learn the lesson. So you can either give up, but you'll have to go through it again, or you can talk it through. You can admit where you were wrong, you can repent, and then you can go through the long, hard process of rebuilding trust and uh, being accountable. I'll tell you, when we first got married, um, actually, it wasn't. We were like two years we were in. Married a year and a half or two. Yeah. Um, I started getting these little letters. They weren't from, love letters. They weren't love letters, no. From the IRS. 
And I opened it up and it said that I owed $10,000. And I was like, <gasps> but instead of going to my husband, I hid him under the mattress between the mattress and the box springs. And there was a stack about this much. And I, I don't know if he saw the gaping. No, I went to make the bed one time in my life. And I thought, this mattress looks weird. So I lifted it up, and there was probably 15 letters underneath the mattress. And I was like, uh, it was a little more than 10,000 after the 23rd letter. Um, but anyway. So and this was not, no fault of hers, too. Yeah. This is fault of an ex-husband. Well, so anyway. But see. what was crazy is I, I was so fearful to have that conversation because it wasn't his mess to clean up what I didn't even know how it got there but when he found it he was so patient and calm with me but he was like we've got to get our head out of the sand you've got to get your head out of the sand um, and so we met with an accountant and we worked that through and it what what ended up happening is when my foot accident happened my taxes never got filed for two years or three years, three. sorry, three years. And, you know, I can't say it on live stream. So um, ask me afterwards on your way out, I'll tell you something. Well, it was, uh, it was a mess. And, you know, I remember when we first started the ministry, first got married with her background of being, you know, of unfaithfulness and everything. I remember uh, something happened. There was a person that came into the ministry when we were doing uh, the ministry and, you know, I recognized her, and so I didn't say anything to her, Mindy. I thought, well, I'll just let it, I'll just let it go, and maybe she'll leave. Uh, she didn't leave. Matter of fact, she got more involved, and I was like, well, she's going to leave anyway. And, and so what had happened is, is when during my breakup of my first marriage, I had went out on a date with this girl twice. Didn't go to nothing. There was nothing that happened. I didn't think anything about it. So I was praying that she was just going to leave. She didn't leave. And, and then, uh, let me finish my story. <laughs> then she met, Pastor asked me, she said, do you know her? I was like, well, I don't know her. No, I, I don't know who she is. I, no, you know, I got so defensive. And then finally, um, after her grilling me, no, you know her. Do you know her? You do know her. So one night I had to come home and finally I just was like, there's just no way I can get out of this. Can I just be honest with you? No, I'm gonna tell you something. So I finally fessed up and said just what I said. Hey, yeah, I went and I went, during the time I split up with my first wife, I went out with her a couple of days, boom. Didn't even talk after that. That's been 10, five, 10 years ago, you know. When she, but you would have thought that I had an affair on her. And now that I thought about that little lie that I told that I thought maybe it would go away or I thought, well, okay, if I just keep saying I don't know, I don't know. Well, that little lie escalated and it was my own fault. I should have been truthful up front. She would have kicked her out of the church right there. No. No, yes, you would have. No, I would have kicked you. <laughs> Why would you have kicked me? It wasn't my fault. Anyway, um, so if I would have taken care of it at that time, but then it escalated. And let me tell you what, I paid the price. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you did. I couldn't go to the bank. If I was at the bank 16 and a half minutes. Instead of 15. Instead of 15 minutes, where are you at? What are you doing? 
And that went on for a long time because of a lie that I told. It was a small, I felt like it was nothing, but to her, because of her hurt and her back and her past, it was huge to her. So I have learned to try not to lie ever, ever. So let me say two things. Uh Oh, she got two things, we're in trouble. One, it's why no matter how bad it seems, have a conversation. Yeah. Number two, the way that I knew that something was off is because I have the Holy Spirit and discernment and I saw him look at her and I was like, something's up there. So I started asking the Lord and he began to sh- give me, and, and it's crazy. He said he didn't look at her all the time, but I kept noticing on Sunday nights, he would look at her 12, 14 times. And I'm I think like, that's a very much an exaggeration. But it started from that one thing. And I'm like, why does he keep looking? Of course, what do we do when I was trying to pray her out in the name of Jesus? <laughs> and and I needed confirmation, so I went to a ministry leader and I said, "Let me know if you notice anything." I didn't tell what was going on. I just said, "Would you let just let me know if you notice anything?" Well, they noticed it too, and so that's when I confronted him. And then it was like three weeks of lying, and then one night I was on our couch crying. And I was like, just be honest. And then he got honest. So get the Holy Spirit and be honest. Number six, the sixth thing that they did is they had difficult conversations. Yes. You must communicate all the time and confront things that bother you. You cannot stuff it. Here's what happens when we stuff stuff. Stuff stuff. It comes out somewhere later. Yeah. And in the process, we get bitter. We think differently about the person. We start letting little things that should not become issues become major issues. So it's so important that we communicate and confront. Bitterness takes this much to take root. Just one little thing, and then it will destroy it. You have to take the walls down. You cannot get offended. You've got to listen, Linda. I have to yell at you guys. Communication gets messed up when you focus on what you heard and not what was said. That morning, she called me dumb. But I didn't call you dumb. I know you didn't call I me said, dumb. But what I said, Spectrum's dumb for sending an email but what I when heard, the internet's down. But what I heard was, you're dumb. And so how many times in the, in the, in the course of a conversation that you're having with your spouse, do you hear something that's not said. That's not what she said. But first and foremost, I heard that I'm dumb. Mm-hmm. And we had escalated into, we already told you that, we had escalated into a, a pretty good argument for a few minutes. How many times do we take what's being said the wrong way, or we heard it the wrong way, or from a place of hurt, you know, 
from a place where our past is. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we hear from everything from what's happened to us mm -hmm. in the past. And we also hear from selfishness too. We wanna to hear what we wanna hear. We don't wanna hear it have the hard conversations. I am married to the queen, the queen of hard of conversations. If y'all haven't been around, she'll have one with you. Sometimes she'll have them for me too. But uh, maybe you're just looking for something to be upset about too. You know, do you, do you just wake up every day and think, man, I'm gonna be upset about something. I, I, I don't wanna live my life like that. What we have to do is we have to allow God to soften our hearts and have those difficult conversations with our significant other because when they come to you, it's usually coming with a concern. The problem that we have is how we receive it, how we see it. The first thing we do because of our past is we start building up that wall and before too long, we're not hearing nothing that they're saying because we're, you're, we're doing that from a place of hurt. And we always need to go into those difficult conversations with an open mindset. And the mindset of, we're gonna fix this issue, right? A question I shared with our marriage crew on Friday night was to, to ask yourselves is, am I putting my energy toward blaming and fighting my spouse or fighting for our marriage? Mm. When you realize you're in this together and I'm not fighting you. We're fighting the devil. <laughs> it just happens to be in them. Sometimes she's the devil, um, but I'm kidding. But, um, but we're not going to fight each other. We're going to fight for our marriage. What do we need to do? How do we need to talk to each other? What are the things that we need to say so that it's making us fight for our marriage? And when we can look at it from that perspective, it really changes the way we feel after we have had to have a hard conversation, right? Number seven and the last one, but not least, mm -hmm. they were friends. How many of you have a spouse that's your friend? It's good. Sometimes you wanna smack your friend, but they're still your friend. <laughs> But me and her, we have really, really good times on vacation. <laughs> That's supposed to be funny. We have a great time on vacation. We don't argue unless, I want, unless my nap comes earlier than 3 o'clock and we have to come off the beach. But we have so many good times on vacation. But sometimes when we come back and people are pulling at us and life is pulling at us, mm -hmm. we forget mm -hmm. how to be friends. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think you just have to enjoy time together. Yeah. You have to have that time. You have to keep, we were talking about our dating. We haven't went on a date in, in a while. But I, I watched the UK game with you last night. She did sit there and watch them lose. Uh, maybe, she, maybe she's bad news. I don't know her bad luck. Uh -huh. But uh, yeah, she didn't make any comments. So that was good. She said, I think I know who won this game. I said, I, I record it. I said, you better not tell me or we're divorced. You I'm kidding, not. I didn't say that. But um, sometimes you just have to spend time together. I mean, she did lower herself. Um, she wasn't selfish, she did watch the game with me. And thinking of things to make them smile, you know, I don't do it as often, but maybe writing a little note or um, I, I do take her food up to her work at, mm -hmm. from time to time when I'm in that area. And sometimes those little things matter <laughs> Oh, can I say one more thing oh, that you what did? What are you going to say? One day he came up to work and he had a Milky Way bar and he wrote on a post-it note, you're out of this world. That's my one good thing I did for the year. <laughs> 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 but 
But you know, sometimes acts of service are good. You know, how many of your spouse oh, like, like yes, acts of Jesus. service? Come on. Fill up my car. Come on, clean that. Yeah, fill up the car. Gas, you know, put gas in the car. Cook for them. Do something. Come on, if you don't cook often, cook for the, your husband when he, or your wife when she gets home. And, and you don't have to be very expensive to do that. Dave Ramsey says you don't got to eat ever. Ever? No, I'm kidding. No. But it doesn't have to be expensive. Just be intentional and be thoughtful in those things. And, you know, genuinely ask, how was your day today? And most listen, of, Linda. Well, most of the time, men are already, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. That she comes in the door, well, what did you do? And I was like, well, one through seven. Let me get, let me get my notes out because it's like I'm taking notes on what and I did all day. And he's a smart aleck like that, too. I kind of am smart aleck. I was like, well, hold on. I didn't write it all down. Let me write it. I walked to the bathroom. I, 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 can't, I can't be a smart aleck. But anyway, but I mean, you know, those questions at the end of the day, because women come home and they want to process things. Men are usually coming in, give me 30 minutes. We talked about this in the guy thing. Give me 30 minutes and let me decompress. And you can ask me all the questions you want to. But women, they're just ready to ask that question. How was your day? What were, what's going on? And you better give them the right details. And that's what, what goes back to knowing each other yeah. and how do they process things. If you know your man needs 30 minutes, let him have 30 minutes. You're going to get more out of him than attacking him when he comes in and you're blah, 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 Because they've used up all their words. Women have we haven't. six times more words. Than we haven't. <laughs> And listen, I just want to let you all know as we get ready to close here that we don't have a perfect marriage. As you just said, our, our 45, 40 minutes of telling you the things that we've been through, the struggles that we've been through, the things that we've worked through, the things that we are still currently mm -hmm. working through. So we mm -hmm. don't have this thing all together. No. We don't have a perfect marriage, even though I'm pretty perfect and she's working on it. But <laughs> it's, it's something that we're working on each and every day. And uh, so I just want you to take that, that we're, we're doing the best that we can. And we don't, we're here for you guys. We're here for strong marriages. We're here for good relationships. And we want God to bless each marriage in here. And you know, I want to say as we close, the naked truth about marriage is marriage is hard. It's going to take work. And we should work on our marriage as hard as we work at our jobs but too many times we give our best all day and we come home with scraps for our spouses That's good. and I promise you if you put in the work and never give up and continue to ask God to be the center of your marriage hold each other accountable when you're not and have those hard conversations, you are going to be successful. You know, again, in that leading together breakout session, one of the, one of the pastors said, the minute that I quit thinking that they were attacking me, by calling out stuff in me, but it was from a place of love and they wanted me to be successful, everything changed. So when I bring correction, it isn't to bust his chops. It's how I learn. It is, and he is always a smart aleck. Uh, 
But when I bring correction or have that hard conversation, it isn't to bust your chops. It is because I love you and I don't want you to be unsuccessful. I don't want people to look at your life and think that you're not leading well. And the same with me. When you bring things to me and you see it with the right heart and he's saying, he, he, he said something after marriage crew to me and I went to the people of that he saw the way I handled something and I apologized today. I didn't get mad at him that he thought that I did that. Come on, somebody. I know I'm, I'm speaking to somebody today. I didn't get mad at him because he's challenging me to go higher. I was like, ooh, I need to repent. And I promise, even in your marriage, when you don't get defensive and you see that they're for you, and they're not against you and that God put them in your life and let's work on this and don't get offended and let's talk this through and let's not give up. You're going to be successful. So as they dim the lights. Can I just say there's been more times in our marriage that she should have given up on me. I'm saying that from a place of humility that she should have given up on me. But she didn't. She saw. She saw something in me I couldn't see. She saw something in me that I didn't want to see or, or, or I didn't think I was. She's called me, so I call it sticking a foot up my butt. But it's also called me to a higher place. And so I want to say thank you sticking a foot up my butt when I need it because I need it. I need it. So I'm going to ask you if you're married, you're in the process of getting married. I want to ask you to come down front. I'm not asking you if you're fighting and you want to come down front because you need some prayer. I'm saying if you are married, there is an attack on marriages. The enemy wants nothing more than to steal, to kill, to destroy. And his number one tactic is to get you divided. So come on, if you're married, if you're engaged, come on, come down front. We want to pray over you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you for the marriages that are represented in this church. God, I pray that there's a sobering about what covenant really is today, God. That you're challenging us that, yeah, we're going to fight. Yeah, we're going to disagree. But ultimately, we have made a covenant with you that we are going to stick through this, through thick and thin, through drama, through... Uh, lies and hiding and Lord we're just going to keep you the center of our marriages I ask that you bless every marriage God anything done in darkness in marriages we ask that you bring it to light and just our vulnerability today God I pray that it it frees somebody yes, yes. to have
have whatever conversation they need to have. Lord, we ask that you send the Holy Spirit to hover over every marriage. That they would choose to walk with the Holy Spirit today. That you would reveal and challenge and just call us to be who you've called us to be as a married couple, Lord. We pray, Lord, that there is communication that goes to a different level. The hard stuff, the fun stuff, the friend stuff, the, the good stuff. Lord, let us talk about what we need to talk about. Let us talk about every little thing that we need and challenge us to grow together. God, your word tells us that you who began a good work in us, you will be faithful to complete it. And so that's what I pray over every marriage today. That you put us together. So we're going to trust that you're going to be faithful until we complete it. Thank you, Jesus, for doing what only you can do. We surrender our hearts. We surrender our will. We surrender our marriages to you. You are on the throne. And we're not going to take that for granted. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon.